Ladies, what would make your lives easier? How about a supplement that contains science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS and sometimes... I be suffering. You need to try Astro Control by Happy Mammoth. It helps ease PMS. The ingredients help support the liver. That's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in our liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skins, they get cravings and feel all over the place. It's science, girlies. I love that it helps my body detox and it helps me stay energized. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code POPTALKS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code POPTALKS for 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, welcome to the first ever bonus episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am joined on this bonus pod by my lovely British South African boyfriend, David, who is here with me. Hello, David. I love how you always call me British South African boyfriend. I'm resetting the table. That's how people know you. No, I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think it's quite cool. But David and I spent the weekend watching the Kanye West documentary, which... Uh, very controversial. Mind-blowing. Yeah, uh, it was a great documentary, but I know a lot of people don't want to watch it because of the things that Kanye West has been doing, particularly in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Before we get into what we saw, because it is very eye-opening, I think, to say the least, uh, we got to recap what led up to this moment. This week with Kim and Kanye has been absolutely wild. Um... Really long story short, you know, Kim is now legally single. Um, Not long after Kanye dropped this music video in which uh, there's a claymation version of Pete Davidson and he is, you know, kidnapping him, burying him alive, uh, you know, decapitating him. It is very disturbing. You know, when I watch the music video and and I say this as a Kanye stan, I mean, David can attest. Super fan. Like, I have loved Kanye West's music ever since middle school. And so sometimes it's hard for me to like differentiate, you know, my fandom from what's really going on. But um, we're going to get into everything that he discusses in this three part Netflix documentary. And coming into it, you know, I'm thinking this isn't the first time that Kanye West has done these kind of antics to get attention. And, you know, I've said this in, in many videos on my pages, but. He's promoting four different things right now. You know, his Gap and Balenciaga line, his STEM player, Donda 2, and now this documentary. Um, but we started watching the documentary, like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Because slowly... It came but, out in part. Yeah, slowly but surely they um, released these episodes. We're going to circle back to the Kim and Pete of it all at the end of this. But let's get into what we saw in the documentary. Um, and we're just going to go through it. Part one, part two, part three highlighted version part one is really all about 
his drive and his determination. And he really, truly was an underdog. And the documentary isn't told by Kanye, which I also thought was yeah. a cool way to go about it because uh, this guy named Cootie actually has been following around for 20 years. And he is like Kanye's brother, essentially. You know, they have a deep history. He's just running around. No one's taking him seriously. He's running around playing his music for people, you know, in the middle of the workday and they're like, shut up, Kanye. But I was just fascinated with how much footage they had from like 20 years ago. I found the first one probably the most inspiring just because that was the part of Kanye that I had no idea about. I had no idea that he had this drive to be who he is today. This version of Kanye that we see in part one, I don't think necessarily is the Kanye that we see today. Oh, no ways. And I think even someone like you who is a super fan hasn't seen that much of that side of Kanye. Part one is like the real and true Kanye. You know what I'm Kanye before celebrity, where, yes, he was still very confident in himself, but because he had to be because he felt like nobody else really was. And, you know, his relationship with Cootie is very important in part one, but also his relationship with his mom is huge is you know, the primary driving force in part one. And we all know that, you know, Kanye and his mom were super, super tight. But I think seeing it takes it to like a whole different level. Yeah. And I, I like, I mean, obviously I knew about Donda because the album Donda came out. But having seen how much of a part she played in his life and his upbringing and that critical stage of his career where He's constantly, I would, I would borderline say failing, you know, like he goes to do something, he gets rejected, Rockefeller doesn't sign him, that kind of stuff. His mom is always there to just like big him up and just say, like, you never give up. You've always wanted this. You've always done this. And it just goes to show how important it is to have someone like that in your life. And I would even say that his mom is the only person that he has. They're setting it up, you know, for the rest of his career because the first part ends with this car crash that almost killed him. It should have killed him. He's in the hospital. His his mouth is wired shut. And this is part two. And he makes through the wire, which if you're not a Kanye stan, if you don't, if you haven't listened to all 10 albums 8 million times like I have, um, through the wire, his mouth was wired shut. So this is like his first single. And he actually raps the song with his mouth wired shut because at that point he was signed, but you know, they were dragging their feet and he's like, everyone around him is thinking this, this life altering accident has ended any possibility of him becoming famous. Or even that album coming out, that debut album ever coming out. Right. But he's like, no, I'm going to take this near-death experience, use it as part of my story, and then immediately it just exploded. Yeah. he. Re- it was a, a perfect example of, like, that Rockefeller wasn't giving him the marketing budget, wasn't giving him the recording budget. He was like, I'm not waiting around. I'm not waiting for people to tell me I can or can't do something. And even with his mouth wide shut, he did it. And part one and part two, I know I said it before, but this is a a different Kanye that you see. And at the end of part two, they are then gearing it up for his insane blow up, um, all the controversies that he has been involved with. And I 
and specifically his mental illness. And we'll just get into part three now because part three was definitely, I think, the most captivating. And I was very curious about how he would go about doing this because I saw on his Instagram a while back ago, he was like, you know, Netflix, we're not releasing this documentary until I, you know, watch it and give it the approval. So I'm thinking the whole time, like, you know, maybe he's going to skirt around all the things that he's done in the past. Part three starts out with his mom passing from a heart attack. And you just feel like the weight and the sadness. I don't even know Donda. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. even know Kanye. And I felt heartbroken for him in that moment. Yeah, tears were welling up for sure during that part. It's one minute she passes away. And then it shows a week later he's on stage. And you you can tell that he's grieving in a way that's making him angry. It's like, you know, if my mom were here, she would tell me to get on the stage and whatever, whatever, whatever. You can but hear it in his voice. After we watched it, we're like, he did not properly grieve that loss. Not at all. It may it literally made me wonder if he's grieved it at all today, like to this point. He he is just not the same person that he was before his mom passed away. Yeah, it definitely changed him. And I think it's so interesting for us because when you're watching it in this chronological order in a neatly packed documentary, like you have all the context. But imagine being at one of those shows where he just like went on a rampage with his opinions and his thoughts. Because all he was doing was articulating his thoughts. We all have thoughts. And he was like saying the thoughts. And imagine being in a show where you had none of that documentary context. You're just at a show and you just yeah. start saying this stuff. Your reaction is going to be like, what the hell did I just hear? Yeah. And then it's a media frenzy the next day. And like, you obviously don't blame them. And so to kind of reference back where we are in this part of the documentary, Cootie, they had actually gone six years without seeing each other. This was a time when he was making, you know, all of these headlines, all these huge controversies. And he said, I was nervous because I knew Kanye but I had never met Yeezy. It is. It was just so true. You mentioned like how he w was this different person from that moment after his mom passes. And that person is like Yeezy, like you say. So Cootie and Kanye then reconnect, what, six years later. And, you know, Kanye does kind of hint that he's playing a character. Um, and that that is one side of it. You know, every artist, I think, has like a persona that they have to quote unquote live up to. But this is the first time that we have really seen, you know, Kanye in his bipolar manic episodes up close. Like, of course, we've all seen the presidential rallies, which we know now was a manic episode. There's three or four different scenes where he's just sitting and he's talking to a group of people around him or whatever. And you you can just feel a shift. I envision it like a snowball. Like it starts at the top of the hill and you can yeah. just feel it starting to, to roll down the hill and become unmanageable and unlogical and not making sense. And when you see it from a perspective of this is what's going on behind closed doors, it's scary. It really is. It's so compelling watching it unfold that in like a horror movie or in any kind of cinematic film, there'll be things that make you feel a certain way. There'll be like slow music and then they'll like the scene will slow down. The lighting will be dramatic. But this is just raw footage. Yeah. Kanye talking to other people. No music, no special effects. 
And it's just so compelling because you're literally watching him say stuff. And I'm sure all your listeners have probably watched it by now, but it's just such an incredible moment to see that. And it made me realize how little we do actually know about what he goes through mentally. And the fact that even Cootie, who's been with him for 20 years filming everything, out of respect, stops filming. Yeah. That's how intense it gets. There's moments where you can see, like, you know, Cootie's filming and things start to get a little haywire and he'll just cut the camera. Yeah. I mean, something that you and I talked about after we got done watching it is the people around him. Because after I got done watching it, I felt like he felt like he was very isolated and very alone, even though he's constantly surrounded by, you know, a team of people. So you have to wonder, like, what do these people do for him when he's in that moment? And I know it's really easy to say, like, oh, well, you know, Kanye has all the money in the world to get help. But when you're not thinking logically... The logical resource of having money, that's not going to help you just because you know you have money. Like your brain isn't thinking logically. So do these people around him just say there's nothing that we can do because he won't listen to us because he's in this manic state? Or are there people that I don't know what happens? Yeah. It's scary. It, it definitely makes you wonder, like, what are, what is happening around him. And I think it would be wrong to just assume that nobody is wanting to help him. I'm sure people have tried. There's no doubt about that. Like, you and I, at the, at the end of watching it, all we wanted to do was, like, hug him. Yeah. <laughs> because in all of these things he's been through and in all of these things he's said and done, and he just, he always looks, like, so alone after his mom dies. When I do watch it in real time and I see like the toll that it takes on him, the toll that it takes um, on other people around him, um, but it doesn't give him a a pass, you know, to harass people and to treat people like crap and to be, you know, borderline abusive, whatever word that you want to use to describe it. But my question is, looking from Kim's perspective, what is the line between mental illness and abuse i don't know it's a hard question to answer isn't it doesn't give you a whole pass to say things to do things and i can just imagine how complicated it must get when there's kids involved and like doing this podcast isn't to sway you one way or another to be team kim or to be team kanye but i feel like it is always kind of presented to you in a way where you feel like you have to be on a team. You can have empathy for both sides at the same time for a different for a different reason. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I have empathy for Kim because she's probably like pulling her hair out at this point. Yeah. And then you see what goes on in Kanye's mind. You don't see it, but you get like a better glimpse of it in this documentary. And it's like, h- how is it preventable? Yeah. You hear the, the the media refer to it as a bipolar episode. Um, he's crazy. He's done this. He's doing that. But when you see it in these clips of Cootie filming him, like unravel in front of camera, it gives you a whole new perspective on how serious it is and how genuine of an illness it is. However, you like you said, you can't, it doesn't give you a right to do things and say things with the video with the easy video do you think anybody on his team sat him down and said kanye it probably isn't a good idea to make this claimation of pete davidson right or do you think they said 
do it. Do it. It'll get clicks. It, it'll be in all the headlines. Like, it'll be the number one streaming song. Or everybody told him, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And Kanye was like, I'm going to do it because you're all telling me yeah. not to do it. Yeah. It's very, it's just very complex. It's super complex. As someone who hasn't been a, like a huge follower of Kanye, as as much as you, this documentary just really opened my eyes to his career, his life, and, and now his struggles. I do encourage everybody to watch it because it just gives Definitely. you a different perspective. It's so inspiring creatively as well. And I think that my like takeaway from it is that besides the kids... Because Kim's never even in the, she's not in the documentary at all. They show like little glimpses of her here and there. But besides his kids and before his kids, the only constant that Kanye West has had in his life after his mom died is his music. Right. And I think it keeps him alive. And that sounds like brash. Is brash a word? Morbid. <laughs> yeah. but But that is what keeps him alive. All right, you guys, I know, very um, un-Morgan P. Talks, you know. This one was a different podcast, but I just feel like we stopped watching the documentary and I have not been able to stop thinking about it and feeling things about it, which in my opinion means it's a pretty good documentary. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, I don't know, should we mention that we watched it straight after the train wreck of a Love is Blind (laughs) (laughs) We won't get into that, but the Love is Blind reunion was truly... Horrific. All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in for this bonus episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. Make sure you leave a review before you go, and we'll see you back on our regularly scheduled programming. Back to our regularly scheduled programming of week content and so jamming. Sorry, that was a little Kanye moment. Nice. You know the LA is so jamming. Okay, I promise I'm done. Leave a review. Bye. Bye.